Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We want it to happen, but it doesn't happen when we want it to happen. And the problem is when nothing happens or nothing changes, we begin to lose hope. And a weariness sets in. It seems that it's taking too long. So much so that we think it is never going to happen. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Galatians. What's going on in your life right now that leaves you feeling like you want to give up? The enemy will wait until we are spiritually and physically exhausted to bring despair and hopelessness as we'll hear from Pastor J.D. today. Let's be like David in the Psalms when he tells his soul to wait on the Lord. God is the only one who can renew us. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Galatians chapter 6 with part one of his message, Don't Give Up. I've titled today's teaching, Don't Give Up. <laughs> Have you ever just been at that place in your life where... I mean, you've just had it, and you've come to the end of yourself, and you just want to toss in the towel and give up. I chose this title because these two verses, which I've really been looking forward to in our study through Galatians, speak to this matter of becoming weary and discouraged and even coming to that place where you're just hopeless, want to give up. And in our text today, the Apostle Paul is continuing with his agricultural analogy of sowing and reaping, or if you prefer, planting and harvesting. And his analogy is specific to either the sowing to the flesh and reaping death and destruction, or the sowing to the Spirit and reaping eternal life. That's what he's just got done writing in the previous verses. Now, here in verse 9, he encourages them to be patient and not become weary and give up, because in time, if they faint not, they will reap a harvest. Then, in verse 10, he goes on to say that we should do good to all people whenever we have the opportunity to do so, and especially to those who are our brothers and sisters in Christ, those belonging to the family of faith. I don't know if you caught this or not as we were reading the text, but it's interesting to note that Paul includes himself in this exhortation and it's evidenced by his using the words us and we. Now, why do I point that out? Because it indicates that Paul himself was prone to discouragement and weariness. And we know this, especially in getting to know him through First and Second Corinthians, all the difficulty that he went 
through in his life. In Acts chapter 28, when he's about to be shipwrecked for the third time, no less, we're told that everybody on board, including the Apostle Paul, had finally given up all hope of ever surviving. And if there was anybody that ever knew a thing or two about coming to that place of despair and discouragement, it was the Apostle Paul. One has suggested Paul was speaking to himself just as much as he was speaking to the Galatians because he too needed to be patient with the Galatians. And the reason being is is that he had yet to reap what he had sown in them on the heels of the damage the legalists had done to them. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we would have to admit that our propensity to become weary and lose heart comes from our impatience. And it's because we have these expectations and we hope something will happen or something will change and we want it to happen, but it doesn't happen when we want it to happen. And the problem is when nothing happens or nothing changes, we begin to lose hope and a weariness sets in. It seems that it's taking too long, so much so that we think it is never going to happen. I think of the single person, especially this time of year, who's so lonely and longs to be married, and it's been years. Then there's the barren couple who longs for a child. I also think of the parent who is just heartbroken over that son or daughter that is as far away from them as they are from the Lord. And it seems like the more you pray for them and the more your heart aches for them, the worse it gets, the further away they go. And it's in those times that we just feel like giving up. We start to lose heart and lose hope. And, you know, it can be a situation in our life. It can be a person in our life. It can be both. (laughs) Even if, as I just said, it can be a person in your life. Somebody came to mind, (laughs) that person that tests your patience, that person that has been the source of such heartache in your life. And here's the thing, you dare not say anything to anyone, lest they look down on you and think less of you. And where's your faith? And you call yourself a Christian? So what do you do as a result? You close up, you shut down, you keep it in. And that's actually even more dangerous because it then breeds and feeds more hopelessness and more despair. This ought not be, because there's an answer to and hope for anyone who 
finds themselves in that place of weariness and hopelessness. And you'll forgive me if this seems like an oversimplification, but the answer is simply this, to come to the Lord and wait on the Lord. That's the answer. That's where the hope is. One of the things I'm learning in my own life is that weariness and discouragement comes from being physically and emotionally exhausted. It's been my personal experience that the enemy actually waits for that optimum time to attack you when you're weary and tired and exhausted and fatigued and spiritually and physically. And by the way, there is a connection. The connection is is that when you're physically exhausted and fatigued, it affects you spiritually as well. And this is why it is so important to draw near to the Lord and find rest in the Lord. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, or as some of your translations render it, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. One of the things that you notice in the Gospels is that Jesus was never stressed or rushed or pressed. He was certainly distressed in the garden before he was about to go to the cross. But you never see Jesus in the Gospels in a hurry, rushing and hurrying, busy, going about to and fro. There's this one account of when Jesus goes to the home of Mary and Martha, who are sisters, And we're told that Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus, hanging on every word. And her sister Martha is in the kitchen, (laughs) hurrying and stressing over the casserole that she's making for Jesus to eat. To her, that is the most important thing at that moment. And she, by the way, is fuming inside at her sister. She is so mad that she confronts, even rebukes the Savior, and says to Jesus, Jesus, tell Mary to get up and get in here and help me. Look at her. She just sits there and does nothing, and here I am slaving away in the kitchen. (laughs) And, whoa, I'm thinking, if I'm Mary, I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? And what is Jesus' response? I never imagine Jesus being short or curt with anyone. You know when he, as he did often in the Gospels, says, Oh, ye of little faith. I never imagine him saying that with this harsh tone like, Oh, you of little faith. No, I... I see the Savior responding, just so loving, so gentle, so humble in heart, just with with a sorrow of heart, really. 
Why is your faith so little? What? Why did you doubt? Martha, why are you so stressed? Listen, what you're doing is a good thing, but it's not the most important thing. What Mary has chosen is the good thing. You know how it is in our day and age. We we applaud those who are the go-getters. Truth be known, we have much in the way of accolades and applause for the Marthas of this world. And conversely, we look down upon the Marys of this world who choose the better thing. It's as if to say, Martha, I'm here. I'm here. And Mary is here with me. And I'm ministering to her. She has come to me. She is sitting at my feet. Now, you know who you are, but let's be honest, who of us is going to identify more with Martha than we are Mary? I'm Martha. I'm Martha. I'm busy serving the Lord, and I have prioritized and made more important that than sitting at the feet of the Lord, where there is rest for my soul. You know, one of the most fascinating men in all of the Bible to me is Elijah. This is a really amazing guy. And he did amazing things. He calls fire down from heaven and it consumes the sacrifice in this contest with the prophets of Baal. And then he kills the prophets of Baal. And then after that, surprisingly, He becomes so weary and so discouraged that he actually prays that God will kill him. Have you ever prayed that God God will just put you out of your misery? You have to raise your hands. By the way, uh, spoiler alert, God doesn't answer his prayer. Listen to his prayer. Listen to what 1 Kings 19.4 says. It says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Jesus had it. He's at the end of himself. He is completely given up. And this on the heels of this miraculous move of God's mighty hand. This is Elijah we're talking about. And here's Jezebel, who he expected God would kill, but God doesn't. And instead now she wants to kill him. He could stand up to the prophets of Baal, all over 450 of them, but he could not stand up to one woman, this Queen Jezebel, the wife of King Ahab, we're told in Scripture, the most evil king in the history of all of Israel. And so now she wants to kill him, says about him, 
may that which he did to the prophets so help me God. I don't know what God she's you know praying to. If I don't do the same thing to you in one day, what you did to the prophets today. And Elijah runs and hides and prays and wants God to kill him. And God doesn't kill him. What does God do? Oh, very interesting. He feeds him and he lets him sleep. Now that's what I'm talking about right there. Food and sleep. (laughs) And not necessarily in that order. But here's the thing. Elijah is so physically fatigued and emotionally exhausted and doubtless he's also very sleep deprived and as such he's depressed. One of the things the Lord has ministered to me over the years is the importance of sleep. And this again too is something, in fact I just saw a news broadcast, they had a segment on the importance of sleep and how that in our day and age we really look down on those and see those who sleep as being lazy. And we applaud those who say, I only need four hours of sleep a night. Wow. And then here's this guy, you know, man, if I don't get eight hours or nine hours of sleep, and what, and what do we look, look at them and, and say of them, oh, they're just lazy. Well, actually, you might be surprised to know that sometimes the most important thing you can do is get sleep. And one of the things I'm learning in my life is that sleep deprivation and physical exhaustion contribute as a major cause of depression. It's the physical that creates this spiritual depression. I've recommended this book in the past. It is one of the best books. It's been a tremendous help to me over the years. It's written by D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. It's titled Spiritual Depression, Its Causes and Its Cure. And I'd like to share with you a couple of uh, quotes from the book. But before I do, I want to mention something before I forget. Christians get depressed. The greatest Christians mightily used of God struggle with depression. I think of David in the Psalms. You read some of those Psalms and they start off and clearly David is depressed. He is in despair. And he starts off the psalm, and it's so depressing, he is in such despair, and he cries out to the Lord, Oh Lord, how long? And then by the time you get to the end of the psalm, he has sort of had a talk with himself, which is different than self-talk. It's having a talk with self. And he says to himself, Oh my soul, why be in such despair? For you will again have reason to praise the Lord. And then by the time you get to the end of the psalm, his circumstances haven't changed. In fact, I would argue they probably are going to get worse. But what's changed is David's heart. He's come to the Lord. He's cried out unto the Lord. And the Lord has hearkened unto the voice of his cry and encouraged his heart, and strengthened his heart. I think of Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14, a life verse for me, personally. 
David basically says this, I would have lost heart. I would have completely given up. I was in such despair, but here's why I didn't. I remained confident in this, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then he says to himself, this is talking to self, it's almost as if he says, boy, sit down, we're going to talk. And he sits himself down and he says to himself, you wait on the Lord. You be strong and you take courage and you wait on the Lord. You'll see, you'll see. That was the only way I was able to remain confident in my despair and in my depression. I heard a pastor once, this is a few years ago, here on the island, make this comment and it really stunned me. He said he had never once in his life ever been depressed. Now, I wasn't stunned because he'd never been depressed. I mean, praise the Lord. What stunned me was that he would say that from the pulpit to people in the church, some of whom were probably hanging on by a threat. And what is he saying to them? If you're depressed, you're not a good Christian. If you're depressed, you're a weak Christian. If you're depressed, you have no faith as a Christian. If you just had enough faith, you wouldn't be depressed. You know, not often, sometimes, maybe more times than I should, I'll watch these guys on TV, these, you know, TV preachers. And of course, you know, being the humble, non-judgmental, you know, guy that I am, I'm not critical of them in any way. Are you kidding me? I am scrutinizing everything they say, not just everything they say, how they say what they say. On this particular occasion, I'm, I'm watching this guy, and I mean, you would think that if you weren't victorious all the time, you're not even saved. I mean, the, the implication was, the inference was, that the Christian life is mountaintop to mountaintop. Galatians contains many lessons that we can learn from even today. The Apostle Paul spent time in this letter encouraging the church to embrace the love and lifestyle of Jesus. While we need to learn and abide by the Bible's principles, we can't become like the Pharisees of Jesus' day, promoting legalism above grace. Jesus came to fulfill the law, and therefore, we get to choose to follow Him in the way He desires. That's all we have time for today on In Spirit and Truth. You can find more messages from Pastor J.D. by visiting our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll receive new messages as soon as they're available. Download our mobile app for Android and iPhone and always have teachings from God's Word right at your fingertips. 
If you live in or will be visiting the Kaneohe area, why not come join us in person for one of our weekly services? At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we desire to share God's Word and love everywhere we go and with everyone who walks through our doors. Come by on Sunday at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. or on Thursday at 7 p.m. for a time of Bible study and worship under the leadership of Pastor J.D. Farag. We can't wait to meet you, so please introduce yourself. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com by clicking on the link to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. That's all for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. There's so much more to learn from the pages of Galatians, though, so be sure to join Pastor J.D. again for another in-depth look. That's next time right here on In Spirit and Truth.